Welcome to Crosspoint. 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 An interactive program featuring ministers and leaders of the Christian community addressing the issues that are challenging the church today. Here's your host, Mark Taylor. What was it like in the days of Lot's time on the earth? Are we nearing the midnight hour? This is Mark Taylor. Welcome to Crosspoint. My guest today is Terry James. He's an author, he's general editor, a longtime teacher in the area of Bible prophecy. Now, his latest work is entitled Nearing the Midnight Hour, as it was in the days of Lot. Welcome again to Crosspoint, and back with us again today is Terry James, been with us in the past, uh, an author uh, that helps us understand the area of Bible prophecy. And uh, Terry, you've got this new book out called Nearing Midnight as it was in the days of Lot. And uh, so that's kind of an interesting, uh, nearing midnight as it was in the days of Lot. But I thought really what was interesting, too, is the way you've got the book designed. You've got a big uh, time, you know, clock here on it, a tower with the Mm -hmm. clock on it. You know, and it makes me wonder, and I know you talk about it, uh, but there is such a thing as uh, a doomsday clock that, people have, uh, I guess, scientists have put together. That was back in the 1940s or something like that. That's kind of mm-hmm. an imaginary doomsday clock. So is that kind of why you put that clock in there to kind of help us think about the yeah, time? Well, well um, actually, you know, I, I don't Mark, I think you know that I, I've been blind since I was 50 years old. Right. I'm quite, quite much older now, but I didn't design the cover, but I've had it described to me several times. I used to be, a matter of fact, an artist and in advertising and so forth. So I like the I like the concept. I always uh, can imagine, and, you know, exactly what it looks like. And yeah, the clock is there to indicate. I think that we are nearing midnight, and uh, it's, it's a doomsday clock scenario. You know, in 1947, the scientists, uh, atomic scientists, basically got together. Nuclear scientists, I guess you would say, got together and they decided to create this clock because. In World War II, they ended it, of course, against Japan by destroying Hiroshima and Nagasaki with atomic bombs, and over 100,000 people were killed in those two uh, attacks. So they started worrying that, you know, this this could mean the end of civilization if um, they didn't do something. So they they created this this clock, this imaginary clock, and each time a... um, a crisis arose, particularly that might include the possibility of nuclear conflict, they would move it toward the midnight hour or away from it, depending if it like a salt treaty came up and they started acting more sensibly in the scientists' view, they'd move the second hand near, uh, farther away from them. So that's that's the basic concept in uh, in secular terms. Now, my terms, I call it. I have a chapter called uh, Armageddon Clock. I think it is near the end. And uh, it's just a takeoff on kind of on the doomsday clock, but it's much more accurate because God's Word is absolutely accurate, 100% accurate, and it's coming, and the Armageddon clock is coming, the end of all things, and it will be during this midnight hour when the things are darkest uh, that they've ever been in the world, and Jesus said it would be the worst time ever was or ever would be. So that's basically my concept of the Armageddon clock uh, as a takeoff on the doomsday clock, yeah. Now, you say here in the introduction of the book that the book reflects a prayerfully hope this generation is fitting um, the Bible's description of the people of the planet Earth 
at the end of the age, the generation the Lord Jesus Christ foretold. So this would be the generation uh, that he told about when he was going to return. Is that correct? Well, I would say so, yeah. Uh, you know, Jesus said, when you see all these things begin to come to pass and look up and lift up your heads for, my, uh, for your redemption is drawing near. Well, I think that's talking about the rapture of the church, that generation that, that sees all these things. We're talking about believers. But then, you know, also, uh, I think it applies to uh, the generation who will be alive during the tribulation itself, uh, the darkest, uh, the midnight hour, so to speak. And so, yeah, Jesus himself talked about that. And, and I think we were in that time because we have long ago seen these things begin to come to pass that he predicted or he prophesied or he, he foretold. And so uh, that we know, we see, and so we're still seeing them develop every day. So, and knowing that, well, we know we're nearing that midnight hour. So that's why I named the book as I did. Now, on page 7 of the book, uh, you say Christianity is more and more spotlights the madness of the hour. Many who say that they are Christians have turned from the very reason of Christianity's name. Uh, that is so so true. There, There is a lot of people out there that claim that right as, as a Christian, but if we had so many of these people that claim that right, we wouldn't be having a world that's shaped that it's in today. Uh, somebody's not right. Well, that's exactly right. And what it is is turning their backs on the world and the United States in particular, at least half the nation, I think, uh, who are both Christians and secular. Uh, the secular world has turned its back on uh, God and America. And, and, and many Christians have just completely ignored God. And what that means, if you read Romans chapter 1, what happens uh, to any people who turn their back on God? Paul told us uh, exactly what happens. And it's all wrapped up in verse uh, 28 of uh, the first chapter of Romans, when it says, because you have, you know, turned your back on me, basically, I will give you over to a reprobate mind, which means upside-down thinking. Now, if we look even at our highest levels of government today, we see this upside-down thinking. Uh, they can't seem to get anything straight. Uh, you know, when you, when you say that a boy can be a girl, a girl can be a boy, you can be whatever you want to be, that's upside-down thinking. Uh, God, because we've turned our back on him, I'm talking about as a, as a people on a planet uh, that has fallen. Well, we've turned our back on God, so he is turning the world over to, and the country over to a reprobate mind, upside-down thinking. And I think that's exactly where we are, and it's just ending up just like it was in the days of Noah, uh, and that there's violence fills the whole earth. And, uh, and so we're, we're quickly reaching what was foretold. Chapter 1 of the book, uh, you talk about lovers of self, you talk about the Antichrist, you talk about we see in blatant displays of the Antichrist spirit surging uh, in the moments of this uh, age, closing moments of the age of grace. You know, we hear about the Antichrist coming, but what is the Antichrist spirit, this spirit that you're talking about? Well, in terms of, I guess an old German term is zeitgeist. It's the spirit of the age uh, it is what uh, um, what John, uh, the writer, the apostle, wrote in uh, First uh, First John uh, chapter four, that already in his day there was a spirit of the Antichrist, and there shall a, 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 a Antichrist shall come. He said, but already there are many Antichrists. John wrote, and the Antichrist spirit is. is Exactly what we were talking about a moment ago is anti-God in every aspect. It is uh, it is anti-Christ because Jesus is the Word. He he wrote 
he has written all that is. He created all that is. Jesus Christ, the Son, the Son was assigned that to the, those duties, and he fulfilled them. And so, uh, so uh, the Antichrist spirit is simply that spirit which says, well, everything Jesus said is wrong. You know, everything God says is wrong. God says, well, you know, you can be, you know, you there. He created one man and one woman uh, to be together for for life and marriage, and, and of course, uh, the spirit of Antichrist says, no, that's not right. Uh, you know, you can marry a man, or a man can marry a man, a woman can marry a woman, and of course, marriage is is out the window if you, if you don't want to. Hollywood tells us that's okay. So the spirit of Antichrist is rampant in this world today, and uh, it's getting worse. Terry, in the book on chapter 3, it's talking about the generation of evil men and seducers. And it says there on page 35, I think this is a big thing, what you're talking about here. It says, as a result of over the years, we've come to a national debt that can never be resolved. And now it appears that the wicked leadership of the nation and of the entire world that the American dollar's base influence is intent on going to a digital form of currency to somewhat uh, reset the economic fiasco they've created through electronic manipulation. Now, that is pretty big because... Money does speak, and uh, to take and change our dollar system, our financial system, in such a way, uh, this would be really, really, really big. This, to me, is bigger and big as COVID, bigger than COVID, you know, to do something like this. Yeah, and it's not going to happen until God allows it, because they've been trying this for many, many years to change uh, the economic system to benefit the, only the wealthy. And it's not going to happen until God allows it, because God is still in the business of restraining as long as the church is here, and, and the Holy Spirit is resident within the church, and, and the church, the, the believer, believers of this world, and the Holy Spirit, in conjunction with the Holy Spirit, are restraining this evil. So they're not going to be able to get their economic uh, wishes in order until until the church is gone. However... We see all the digital, we see all the technology has already developed for. We have satellite, uh, continent-to-continent, instantaneous instantaneous messaging, instantaneous uh, connections. And so, um, you know, we can make electronic funds transfers instantly. And it's all leading toward uh, Revelation uh, chapter 13, verses 16 through 18, where where uh, Antichrist will introduce a marks and numbering system that uh, has, a, as his name in some way, 666, at the, at the heart of it. And it'll be, he'll be able to control all buying and selling through this. So we see that developing, and we see a constant, constant uh, uh, effort to bring in this digital system you're talking about. And with artificial intelligence and all the other things developing, Antichrist is eventually... Once the church is gone, is going to be able to put together something that is very controlling, and China has done this in some sense now already uh, by keeping people um, uh, totally uh, tracked, no matter what they do, this, the transactions they make, and so forth. That's what they're trying to develop a worldwide. Now you do address this on page forty-nine. You say every indicator uh, or underlying indicator that the economy should have long ago exploded. Uh, is states the experts uh, say that you know they this should have happened and this bust uh, but has not yet occurred you say the economists say the great crash is coming but they can't explain why it hasn't happened yet so god is restraining until the time works to benefit his plans according to the bible is that right 
Uh, that is absolutely right because it like it, it would it would have long ago collapsed. Uh, I mean, this thing is built up so much now that that we just think trillions and trillions of dollars extrapolated out in the future. Last time I heard, a hundred hundred seventy trillion dollars extrapolated out over the over the next decades. I mean, you know, you can't you, you have trouble paying back two trillion dollars, much less one hundred and seventy something over the years. So it is coming, and the collapse is coming. But it's, I believe it's going to be the rapture of the church. I really do. I really believe it's going to be the rapture of the church that triggers this collapse and the worldwide collapse, and this will bring about a real cry for uh, for the Antichrist to come. He'll have the answers and. He will have this digital system that we've talked about. We sit around sometimes in my study in my office here, and uh, uh, Todd, uh, who who owns uh, dot com, and, and I were partners in, the, in that. And we sit around and talk about that. And Todd's a real financial expert, and he just... Uh, I remember a decade, decade ago, we used to say, well, it's coming any moment. I know it's coming. The, the collapse is coming. And I said, nope, not until God wants it to. And here we are talking a decade or two later, and uh, and like you said, it hasn't happened yet, but it's, it's, it's on the horizon. Yeah. Now, you had talked earlier when we was talking about the clock, Chapter 5, is where you've got talk about the Doomsday Clock and the Armageddon Clock. Now, the Doomsday Clock is what we kind of started out talking about, and you have it listed here on page 57 of back in 1947 uh, when things happened and the things went forward, backwards, whatever. And then a couple page over, you have this Armageddon clock. Now, why is the Armageddon clock so significant? Well, it's significant because it's God's timepiece, you know. And God is absolutely, you know, the, the, the secular scientists, uh, atomic scientists who put the doomsday clock together, that's all guesswork. Well, God's is not guesswork. It's, it's absolutely on track, and we can tell that because, I mean, just give you one example. We we. Think of we who look at things from the pre-trib view of Bible prophecy. That is, that the rapture will occur before the tribulation period. Uh, we look at the, we look at this as um, this doomsday clock, this Armageddon clock, as is, um, Israel being God's centerpiece clock, His clock. And if you knew, just watch Israel. Well, he can show you how close to Armageddon we are, how close to the tribulation era we are. Now, Zechariah, Zechariah the prophet says in chapter twelve, verses one through three, basically that that uh, Israel will become a burdensome stone and a cup of trembling to the whole world. Any any nation or people who try to lift it, they're going to be injured trying to do so. And we're seeing all that developing right now. The great hatred, the great anti-Semitism we see developing. And uh, Israel is right at the center of all that. And uh, he said, and God said, and then Joel had Joel, the prophet, say in chapter 3, verse 2, he said that because you have divided my land, and that's what they're trying to do, to a peace process, yeah. divide and make Israel give up uh, land for peace. And because you, and it's going to happen eventually. And Antichrist, I believe, the one who's going to to confirm a covenant of that nature. And he said, God said, because you have divided my land, I will bring all nations into the valley of Jehoshaphat. Now, that's the area of Esdraelon and uh, Jezreel, and in other words, the plains of Armageddon. And I will deal with uh, all nations there, God says. So that's where the that's where the clock comes in, the Armageddon clock. That's Armageddon. And uh, we're headed that direction, and we see indications every day 
that it is headed that direction. Terry, tell us if people's wanting to know more about this book. And of course, you've done several books and other things as well. So <laughs> I tell, would say so, yeah. yeah, tell tell people how they can find out more about uh, Nearing Midnight and other work you've done. It will be out soon, and uh, you can get it at um, Amazon, of course. You can get it at any of the major ministries, Prophecy Watchers. I just did uh, some television with Prophecy Watchers, and uh, Jan Markell, I'm sure her program will be carrying it. You can get it, you know, any of your favorite Prophecy uh, television programs or radio programs, you can probably get it. And the publisher will put out a link. Of course, Amazon will have links to it, so it'll, it'll be available. We'll, we'll announce it on rapturedy.com, too, and give links. Okay. All right. Well, folks, stay with us. We're going to be back with more right after this. God's Word speaks truth. God's Word speaks life. And God's Word speaks to us today. Hi, I'm Pastor John Marins of the Granby Christian Church. Each week, we explore God's Word together on In the Shadow of Your Wings, a radio broadcast on KNEO. Tune in each Saturday at 6.45 p.m. To hear the show. And if you ever miss it, you can always view the archive online at kneo.org. We also have the program available as a podcast as well, so you can listen anytime, anywhere. It's available from Sky High Podcast Network. I invite you to check out the show and learn more about our incredible God and how He cares for you. You can trust Him. You can depend on Him, and you can rest in the shadow of His wings. This is Mark Taylor. If you miss a broadcast of Crosspoint, you can always go to our website at www.kneo.org and click on the Programs page. There you can access the current Crosspoint program as well as the last four programs that have been aired. Never miss another Crosspoint program again. Go to www.kneo.org today. Thanks for listening to Crosspoint today. My guest today is Terry James. And uh, we're talking about Nearing Midnight, the work that he's put out as it was in the days of Lot. So, uh, Terry, I want to ask you, that's, it says as it was in the days of Lot. So what are you meaning to tell us there when you say Nearing Midnight as it was in the days of Lot? Well, midnight for Lot and, and that whole culture there was uh, the time when God was going to judge them and completely destroy, destroy Sodom and also its twin city Gomorrah. So I believe we're nearing that point right now, nearing that our own midnight here when the tribulation will begin. And in like in like in Lot's day, the, the Lot was a judge. He said in the he said in the uh, gate of the city, he was one of the judges, one of the administrators, city administrators, and he was the only one that God found to be righteous. And he and his daughters, two daughters, and so. Um, so God sent down his angels, of course, to Abraham, and then Abraham begged that he not destroy the city and so forth. And, and then the angels went on down to visit Lot, and the homosexual men gathered around uh, the uh, Lot's uh, home and and, uh, and and asked him to, you know, told him to send the men out to him. And they were angels, actually. They, they just looked like men. And Lot wouldn't do it. He even offered his daughters as... Um, you know, which doesn't show very much righteousness, I guess. But uh, I don't understand all of that. But but God still considered him righteous, and um, and so the angel said, took them by the hands, and they took uh, Lot and his two daughters and and his wife out, 
But the wife turned back, and of course, the pillar of salt and all that she she had turned into. So Jesus said in in Luke Luke chapter seventeen verses twenty eight through thirty, he said it's going to be said just like that, uh, just like what happened to Lot and his daughters. They were taken out before he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. That's going to be just like that because he said. Uh, as it was in the days of Lot, so will it be in the days of the com- the revelation of Son of Man, meaning his his next catastrophic intervention into the affairs of man. He took Lot out. He's going to take the church out, just like that. And in that very day, he said, uh, judgment is going to begin to fall, as it did in Sodom and Gomorrah. So I think we've reached that midnight point that uh, we're just about, because we see all this activity in this country, for example. It is a very small percentage, we're told, of the people uh, who are homosexual, yet they have such strong lobbies throughout all of our all of our uh, various governmental and business systems and everything else that they control the narrative. They have mainstream media on their side. They have entertainment, both entertainment and news on their side. And uh, they have all of academia on their side. I'm talking about the homosexual lobby. And so they, we have become very Sodom-like in this country. And I believe Jesus might even have been thinking about this very nation, because we're the apex nation of all of history so far as material wealth and blessings are concerned, and even uh, Christian blessings to a great extent. So I, he may have had this very nation in mind at the time that uh, uh, he's talking about here, just like it was in the days of Lot, it will be that way again when he next reveals himself, and I believe that's the rapture. Couldn't be couldn't be the, the time at Armageddon when he returns in, Gen- in Revelation chapter 19, verse 11, because it won't be business as usual. He, he points out, Jesus said it would be, people would be buying, selling, building, marrying, uh, giving in marriage. They will be uh, doing all these, planting. They'll be doing all these things. It'll be business as usual. Well, at Armageddon, by the time of Armageddon, Armageddon, three fourths of the world's population, as many as three fourths perhaps, will be killed by that time due, due to a judgment. And so he couldn't have been talking about that. He had to be talking about the time of rapture when he's next revealed. Yeah. Now, you talk about, uh, on page 67 of the book, uh, you know, say some people believe that Satan no longer has that authority because uh, Jesus took the back the title deed to the earth with his burial. And resurrection, the devil, they believe, could no longer offer the world to his human followers. Uh, but we see things happening at the moment in the powers uh, that are now cons- uh, creating this new world order. So Satan's real powers have been stripped, but Satan does have some power out there that he's uh, exerting, or, of course, we wouldn't see well, things the way they are. That's obvious, yeah. 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 So uh, Absolutely. So tell us about this, that even what he's exerting means uh, no match for what God has and what God has already stripped him of. Well, Jesus, when he said it was finished on the cross to Telestai, uh, he says it's finished. And that means the work is complete. Satan no longer had the power over... uh, God now has power over sin and death. Christ did it all on the cross. But, you know, Paul tells, tells, tells us about... What, what, uh, how the kind of power that Satan still has, and that's uh, found in Ephesians six, uh, chapter six, verse twelve. We struggle not against flesh and blood, but against uh, you know powers and principalities in high places, meaning the minions, Satan and his minions, 
And then those minions include not only the supernatural minions of the fallen angels and so forth, but they, he has human minions, too, that do his bidding. We know that because we see that with the World Economic Forum, the UN, and all these other people who are trying to establish new world order, trying to go back to Babel, uh, you know, they want to the Great Reset and all that that Klaus uh, Schwab talks about. They wants to... Uh, he wants to uh, establish this uh, new world order, and of course, uh, now that Kissinger and Rocco, David Rockefeller and some others are gone, they've turned this over to <laughs> turned this over to Schwab and some others who, who are determined to do it. So we're struggling against uh, against uh, powers and principalities in high places, and uh, we will do so too until Christ returns. The world will. Now, Chapter Eight talks about restraining the madness. Uh, you say there on page 81 of that chapter that the world is building towards war, and war is almost certain if it comes to full fruition will result in a nuclear annihilation of most, if not all, the planet's population. Mm-hmm. Now, we see what's happening in Israel right now, you know, mm-hmm. and you've got to, you know, become very sensitive if you're a Christian that what could this be meaning to us, you know, as, uh, you know, we know that roars and rumors of wars, well, this war is no longer a rumor that we're seeing there, and it was uh, kind of like the the title of your book there, how it was madness, uh, the way it was pulled off, and trying to restrain that. So, <clears throat> what do we do when we see something like what's happening right now in the Middle East? Do we pay really close attention, because this could be falling right into order with uh, building towards whatever the Ezekiel War or past that or towards Armageddon? It certainly it is, no question about building toward that. But here's the thing about it. In Second Thessalonians uh, chapter 2, Paul tells us that that he who withholds or restrains, meaning the Holy Spirit resident within the church, will do so until uh, he is taken out of the way. That is, he is re- he removes in that office. The Holy Spirit is omnipresent, so he can't be removed totally. But in the in the office of restrainer, God will take his hand off of the restraining, and then these things will happen. Well, he does that when the church is gone, because he removes the church, because the Holy Spirit is resident within the church. And the church, uh, you know, we're supposed to be lights in this world, lights and salt, and that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to help as part of God's restraining hand. I can tell you right now, uh, what it does is gives you absolute confidence if you're a believer. There's not going to be nuclear, and you study from the pre-trib view of, the, of, of Bible prophecy, eschatology, uh, there's not going to be any, any new major nuclear war or any major uh, any major um, world-rending cataclysm at all prior to the rapture of the church. How do I know that? Because Jesus said so. It's going to be building, buying, selling, planting, marrying, all the things right up until the moment he next intervenes. If you had worldwide cataclysm, nuclear war, uh, then that would, that would all that would be off. I mean, it would be like it's going to be at the time of Armageddon. It's going to be all gone. So what Bible prophecy can do for the true believer who studies it the way God has uh, has presented it is gives confidence that God is restraining. He is in control. There's no need to worry about a nuclear war or anything else. Now, there may be, there may, there's going to be conflict, just like we have over there now. There may even be a nuclear exchange or two. I believe that even the... Um, the destruction of Damascus that we see prophesied in Isaiah 17, uh, verse 1, uh, that Damascus will become a ruinous heap. Well, all of the terrorist organizations have headquarters in Damascus. And I can see even see a, maybe a nuclear blast there from Israel or somebody that takes takes the whole 
the whole city out. You know, that's what God predicts. That could happen before the, the rapture, something like that. But any major catastrophic uh, catastrophism, I guess you say, of, uh, of that sort is just not going to happen prior to the rapture. You also mentioned in here, and you talked about the Great Reset, and you talked about the global elites uh, and their dreams about taking over the world. But you also mentioned here uh, on page 88 that they cannot proceed without God's permission to do those things. Mm-hmm. Yet we are witnessing, as you say on the other page, witnessing earth's powers and principalities in our government. So we're getting a taste of what it's going to be yeah. like. Is that what you would say? Exactly. He's he's allowing, particularly people, again, who will read his prophetic word. You know, it's 27% or more of the Bible, his prophecy, is, and pastors aren't teaching it. Teachers in the church are not teaching it. People aren't reading it. They're not paying any attention. But if you do, you will see that, that all of this we see happening is stage setting for the coming Antichrist regime and ultimately for Christ's return uh, to put things right at the end of Armageddon. So uh, that's why study of Bible prophecy is so important. Yeah. Now, again, uh, Terry, you've done a lot of different books out there. Can people uh, on your go to a website or something to just to see everything that you've done? Well, yeah, you can go to, um, of course, I have my, I have a blog, a personal blog that my daughter handles for me, and, and that's become quite quite uh, visited. And we've got, I think, a list of all my books on there, um, and that's, that's TerryJamesProphecyLine.com. It's all one word, TerryJamesProphecyLine.com. And, of course, I have them listed, too, I think, on RaptureReady.com, which is our primary, uh, it's, still the, it's still the largest uh, web, uh, Bible prophecy website on the net, RaptureReady.com. So either one of those uh, will give a listing of my books. And then we can find this newest book you've got out nearing midnight. Well, folks, stay with us. We're going to be back with more in just a moment. Do you have five minutes for God? I'm Pastor Ed Wilson, and I believe there's no better way to begin each morning than spending a little time with Him. That's why every weekday morning I bring you a short devotional broadcast designed just for that. Look up God's Five Minutes wherever you get your podcasts to kickstart your spiritual walk for each day. We'll always do it in five minutes or less. Have you talked to God today? On purpose, with a purpose. For a purpose. To get God's truths into their lives. Share God's love with people who need encouragement. You get the truth of God out there and it resounds and it resonates. 91.7 The Word. There's amazing things in people's lives. Thanks for listening today here on Crosspoint. I'm Mark Taylor, your host. My guest today is Terry James, uh, author of many books, but the newest one, Nearing Midnight, as it was in the days of Lot. Uh, Terry, on page 111, you say there at the bottom of the page, we can expect Satan's building back Babel, prepping to become more and more intensive as time passes. Perhaps part of the reason Jesus told us to keep looking up is that Satan's uh, prepping that so-called UFOs, etc., will be a key indicator of the Lord's very soon a call to the believers. Can you explain that a little bit? How does UFOs tie into this? Okay, I think it's very interesting. I believe uh, the Lord has put this uh, in my heart. Uh, um, Revelation chapter 12. God is dealing, uh, Michael and his angels are fighting against Satan and his angels. And 
Satan and his angels lost. And according to this, they are thrown down. Now, this is still future. This is to happen. They will be thrown down, and I believe it will be at the midway point of the tribulation era, three and a half years in pretty much to the tribulation era. Okay, Michael and his angels defeat Satan and his angels, and they are thrown down to the earth, and God has taken away their ability to ever be in the heavenlies again. They are stuck here, and the Bible says, uh, Woe be unto the inhabitants of the earth, for Satan has come down. He knows he has but a short time. And in other words, he's furious. So he's going to go to war with the nation of Israel, with the people of Israel. He hates hates Israel. And all the people, he hates all of God's creation called man, so he's going to come down. All right. It says in in chapter 12 of, um, of the Revelation, now, in chapter 13, the following, it says that the false prophets, you know, there will be the Antichrist, and there will be the false prophet who will be more or less the, the religious leader. You have, a, you know, the unholy trinity. You have um, the um, false prophet will be like the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Antichrist will be like Jesus the Son, and, of course, Satan is the father of uh, this unholy trinity. So... The Antichrist receives a mortal wound, they said. Well, it's just probably going to be a fatal wound, but not a real, uh, Not a, he doesn't really die. He ha- he achieves a false resurrection, and when he does, the whole world will follow after him. The false prophet will uh, make everybody, tell everybody to worship him. Okay, and then they will because they will see the miracles that this false prophet is able to do in front of him. The false prophet, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 13, following that chapter 12, um, casting out of Satan, says that the false prophet causes light, causes fire to come from heaven in the sight of the world, inside of the Antichrist, the Antichrist, uh, image of the Antichrist in, in front of this image. So... It's my contention, I believe with all my heart, that, that uh, all this UFO stuff we've been seeing is in preparation for this, for the world of the, of the tribulation hour. I believe these, these, this fire that comes down from heaven that the false prophet is supposedly calling in his miraculous way is really when, when Satan is his minion, and his minions, his angels will get cast out and they'll come down looking like you know, orbs of light or flying saucers or something, something extraterrestrial. And, uh, of course, I think that that will be part of the big lie, that uh, you know, this is what happened to the people who disappeared and so forth. They they were taken off the, the earth because of, uh, for various reasons. And uh, I believe that, uh, that the false prophet will uh, use this time uh, to make it look like UFOs have come down to Earth. And uh, that that's what I believe is pretty much what's going to happen. Now, now in Chapter 12 of the book here, uh, it's entitled Discerning the Midnight Hour. Uh, you say there at the bottom of the page, we can know for certain that through detailed preview by God himself how the end of all things will unfold. We don't know precisely when the end will come. We know, however, the general time it will begin to manifest. So would you say by what we're seeing today that we are near or in that general time uh, when these things are being manifest? Oh, absolutely. And just, again, all we have to do is look at the nation of Israel to see what's happening there, uh, to see that, uh, you know, we are in, definitely in that, with the whole world now beginning to turn against Israel, and uh, it's going to be more and more so. 
Well, I think I think with the, with all the UFO appearances, I think again that stage setting and so forth. So there's so many things uh, with the homosexual uh, turning toward homosexuality, just like in the days of Lot, with violence filling the whole earth. It says in Genesis chapter six, uh, just like uh, violence fills the whole earth. Uh, you know, we saw this thing with Hamas. That's just a taste of what's coming. Or they, or every kind of atrocity you can think of was was attributed, and that shows the insanity again of people, because the college students in this country and most of the major campuses are on the side of uh, of Hamas. They say that it's Israel's fault for being the occupier. Well, God gave them that land. Yes, that is their land, and uh, you know you can like it or not, but uh, but all this, all these things shows us where we're headed, and. Uh, and it's headed to it that way quickly because we see more and more developments each and every day. Yeah, that's very true. Chapter 13, uh, in a part there, page 149, you say, has God given up? You said, I have to be honest. When I survey the landscape of human rebellion, I've said inwardly it's just not worth trying to save it. By that, I'm not thinking of the billions of lost souls, but of this system increasingly driven by evil intentions, obviously in the grip of principalities and the powers. Uh, as Ephesians six twelve talks about, I think a lot of people feel that way, Terry. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I, do too, I I've I've been around and and I see people. I mean, even these good old boy people, and they put terrible, filthy things on their glasses. You know, back windshields of their truck and dirty insignias <laughs> and dirty words. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm just thinking, Lord, come quickly. You know, uh, yeah, that's another thing like it was in the days of life. What did it say about it? I, I love the word. I always get amused by it because I feel the way myself. Yeah. It said that Lot was vexed. I like that old English word. I feel sorely vexed, don't you, sometimes? Yes, very much so. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Now, you go on to talk here in the book. You mentioned China. You say the Chinese really don't care about the general population of their dictatorship. You said China's chief uh, concentrations these days is to bring down the United States power and authority in our economic matters uh, like world oil resources. Uh, how does China play into all this? They seem to always be a, a, a snare in everything that we do. Yep. Well, I think it's another another preparation. We see another stage setting because um, I believe they are the they are the nucleus or the they are the head of what uh, is called in Revelation the kings of the east. It says in chapter chapter nine and chapter sixteen of Revelation it talks about this. It said that uh, two hundred million uh, trooper army will come to the dried up Euphrates River. Will be dried up. That's the that's really the barrier between the Occidental and Oriental world. The the river will be dried up so that this two hundred million man army can cross it. They will be supernaturally indwelt by some demonic beings that are beneath this uh, river. Uh, they have been incarcerated there all this time, but they're going to go into this, somehow go into this 200 million man army. This 200 million man army, the kings of the east, they're called, uh, will destroy one-third of the world's population. Now, that's that's nuclear. That's got to be nuclear with nuclear um, uh, weaponry and so forth. They're going to destroy one-third of the world's population. Well, I believe that China is the king of the kings of the East. And I can say this one thing I think is going to happen, I don't think it can be stopped, is them taking Taiwan, for example. And all of them, they're going to be influencing uh, eventually all of Asia, that is, all of the Oriental world. When you 
look out there and see things happening. You, you've got to, you know, if you're a Christian really following the Lord, you, you know something's really bad, and it's not right, and things are going to get worse. I mean, you can't just stick your head in the sand and believe all this is going to go away. When you talk also in the book, towards the end of the book, you say Babylon the Great will be destroyed in a single hour, and it will take place at some point during the last seven years of the age leading up to Christ's second coming. The most frequently questioned by those interested in end-time matters is American Bible prophecy, and why isn't America? So answer that question for us, because there's others that say maybe America is, maybe it isn't. What do you say? Well, uh, that's you know that's one of those. We haven't been told in the Bible exactly who it is. It's just, but it does it does indicate that the primary uh, the heart of the thing is a city, you know, a city called Mystery Babylon, and it's all tied with a mystery religion. Religion in chapter seventeen of of, uh, of Revelation is called Mystery Babylon, and seven and eighteen is called like a city of Babylon of, uh, of Mystery Babylon. And it's going to be destroyed in an hour, like you said, or a single time. All the merchants of the earth who have done business with are going to stand off in the in their ships off coast and they'll lament over how Babylon the Great is no longer able to to uh, give them the economic uh, advantages they had and so forth. I believe, here's what I believe, Mark. I don't know, I can't say for sure, but it's my, more and more my opinion that it could very well be the United States of America and New York City in particular, because there's no. If you're talking, it's live. My friend Mark Hitchcock's a great, great scholar, certainly greater scholar than I am, and has a doctorate in seminary. But uh, he he thinks it's going to be. And he's written an entire book on it, which I've reviewed uh, on RaptureReady.com. He, he says that it's uh, it's going to be the literal place in Shinar, the Babylon is going to be rebuilt. I don't see that. If all these things we see developing now so quickly for stage setting for the coming tribulation, we're almost right there right now. Now the rapture is going to occur, and then then, then all of these things are going to roll out in the, Revel- in the revelation, including chapters 17 and 18 about the mystery of Babylon and the city of Babylon. Now, if if you were going to rebuild, if you're going to build a city that had really reached out to the whole world and been in league with kings and everybody else, they've drunken the wine of their fornication all over the world throughout the world system. Now, a seven-year period is not is not going to be enough to build such a city. Uh, you know, the tribulation era. To build such a city and have it to have that kind of a reach and expanse, it's already, it's got to already be here. Now, the Bible is talking about a system, the Babylonian system, but it still uh, talks about specific geographical spots. And the United States is the only one I know of, other than maybe Dubai, but that, that just doesn't fit, really. America has already reached all the merchants of the earth. That, that, that they've all waxed rich on their delicacies, as King James puts it. So I really believe that more and more that it could very well be the United States and, and it's a place like New York City because it is a financial capital of the world at this time. Well, I I kind of agree with you, too. When I read that, I'm like, boy, that sure sounds like America to me. Yep. You know, sure, it sure does. Towards the last of the book there, <clears throat> right at the last, you say it's important that every Christian believer to share this truth with everyone they believe um, that, you know, we as you know any moment the removal of the believers are going to be from the planet 
And so we must look at things through God's eyes and be of one spirit and point the way that accepts the redemption through Jesus Christ. The Christians have an extreme, to me right now, responsibility to tell the world what's coming by really being the Christians are supposed to be, would you not say? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're to be lights in this darkening world. When the pinpoint, the light becomes more manifest and much more meaningful when it's total darkness, and we're heading toward midnight and the midnight of mankind. And so that means that we can become much more bright, brighter as we follow what Christ wants us to do and with the Great Commission and, and acting as, a, as, a, as you know, Holy Spirit-directed believers. And so, um, yeah, that's what we're supposed to be, lights, and point people to Christ and uh, His saving grace. So, you know, Terry, you experience blindness, so you can't see, and you've yet continued on in the ministry uh, that God gave you many years ago. Why do you continue to do that? What, do you feel the urgency now more than you did back then? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah that, so much, so much more. Yeah. yeah, that you're on the right track, that you are being used of God, that God has called you for such a time as this? Yes, and, you know, I, I thank Him every day when I wake up because He he, uh, he, has, he has disciplined me. He's used His blindness to discipline me to to do what He wants me to do. Otherwise, I would be off in the business world and advertising and all this nonsense, and, and He has disciplined me. I've written over 46 books now, and uh, and are co-written or written. And uh, and we've done all the TV. We've done a lot of things to uh, to put forward God's prophetic message. And uh, I just wish we could get pastors and the pulpits and teachers and so forth to to preach uh, the prophetic word as well as the rest of the word. You know, because that is Jesus Christ is is what the Book of Revelation is all about. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, how much uh, more indication could we have that God wants us to to preach and teach Bible prophecy? Uh, it's not gloom and doom for the for the believer. It's a, it's a great hope beyond which we can't even begin to grasp. Yeah. Well, and Terry, you're an encouragement to, to many people. I mean, you say the the very words of here being of someone that can't see, but yet you believe you're very blessed of God, which people would be hard to understand that. But also to be able to feel the way you do because you know your senses have to kick in more and so you know in a way you're able to sense uh the urgency of the hour in a different way than some of us would that do see it well i'm certainly able to concentrate probably better because uh you know you're you're forced to focus in on something rather than have a lot of uh, uh visual distractions you know i concentrate more on what i have to do and god has uh, god has uh, allowed that blindness i think to be something to focus with, and, and I, again, I thank him for that. It's, uh, he, of course, he had old Terry James in my house, saved as a six-year-old child way back there. So, and so God has had me on His radar screen for a long time. I haven't always lived like I should, of course, but no. but He's brought me back to it. Well, Terry, before you leave, tell us again how people can find this latest work nearing the midnight. Well, just watch for our rapture dot com uh, on you know the, their website and go to that and we will put the links and so forth there and later on Amazon will have it and um, and a lot of your favorite ministries like uh, Prophecy Watchers and and uh, these sort of things will have uh, will also have uh, the links and I think Jan Markell will probably and many others so. Whatever your favorite prophecy program is, you might uh, check it out. All right. Well, Terry, thanks again for being with us on Crosspoint. Well, Mark, I always so much appreciate your inviting me. 
Great interview today, folks, nearing midnight. Are you ready? But you know a lot of people that's not. The other book I hold in my hand, the Holy Bible, that's the book you need to be following as you go through this life. You know, these other books can help us so much, and I'm so glad for these Christian authors that will get together and put out these things to help us understand what's going on in the days that we live. But we always need the Bible. We need it by us daily. It's never expires. It's never outdated. It's accurately going to direct your life if you follow it. The Bible contains the most important words you're ever going to read and certainly need to be following each day. Be sure and join us again next time as we again discuss issues that are affecting the church. Have a great week. Allow God to use you for His purposes so that greater things can be done. Make your life count in God's plans for eternity. I'm Mark Taylor. Crosspoint is a program produced in Studio 101 at KNEO Radio. Not all of the views on Crosspoint reflect those of the management or staff of KNEO. You may contact the Crosspoint program at 10827 Highway 86 East, Neosho, Missouri, 64850, or by email, crosspoint at kneo.org. You can hear Crosspoint four times a week, Saturday morning at 1, Saturday afternoon at 2, Saturday evening at 9, and Sunday evening at 7. You can also listen anytime online at kneo.org. Are you walking in everything God has for you? Hi, I'm Pastor Gary Culp, and I'd like to invite you to check out the Exceedingly Abundant Ministries podcast, available from the Sky High Podcast Network. This 30-minute weekly Bible study will give you time to grow spiritually and get to know God and His Word on a deeper level. God has more in store for you than you ever realized. Listen to Exceedingly Abundant Ministries today and learn about how God can do more with your life than you ever imagined. Harper's Kennel of Stella, Missouri is proud to be sponsoring this portion of broadcasting on KNEO. Owned by Judy and Danny Harper, Harper's Kennel of Stella, Missouri specializes in French Bulldogs. For more information, the phone number is 417-628-3083.